Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Lawrence Holmes, a.k.a. Loho. So, I want to talk some basketball today. Last night, I was watching baseball. I was watching the Cubs and the White Sox because I do a talk show in Chicago. And both those games were snorers, but I was still paying attention to them. The White Sox got buried. The Cubs won in a little bit of a laugher against the Dodgers. And then I was watching NBA hoops. I was checking out what was going on with Denver and San Antonio. And I was getting ready to go to bed, and I was keeping up with the scores via Twitter and, and the NBA app. And I saw that that while Dame was going off in the game, that the game was really close between Portland and Oklahoma City. So then I get upstairs and I, I look at the score and they're down 13. And I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of sleepy, but I want to see if they can pull this off or if Russ and PG are going to have that momentum shift in the series. Are they going to hold on to have that momentum shift in the series? And I was delighted with some incredible moments that culminated in Portland winning the series and Damian Lillard coming up with an incredible shot. You have uh, Yosef Nurkic come out, and he had been missing because he got that horrible injury. He comes out, and it's like, Not that he played because Willis Reed played, but it's like that moment where the injured hero walks onto the floor and like there was this energy spike that ended up happening inside the crowd and with the team. And then Damian Lillard just kind of started doing that stuff again. And it was so fun to watch. And it was so fun to watch him hit that shot, his reaction to it, him waving to Oklahoma City, get out of here, get out of my playoffs, get out of here. You're you're done. To see that reaction from him was so dope. And as it stands right now, I think it's the moment of the playoffs so far. The moment of the playoffs. And we'll see if it can be topped. And I'm not sure if, if Portland can win the championship, but I do think that they can win their next matchup, whether it's Denver or San Antonio in the next round. So, I wanted to talk with someone who was there, but obviously it was a West Coast game and and people are up late. Luckily, my buddy Sean Hyken, who writes for Bleacher Report, was there, and I saw him post on on Twitter last night that he was leaving the arena around 3 o'clock in the morning. So I hit him with a DM because I feel like DMs are less intrusive than text messages. When he gets up and he gets on Twitter, he can see it, and then he can hit me back up. And I was thinking that we would record later on this afternoon or maybe in, in, at night. But he hit me back and was like, hey, I can, I can do it. I'm up. I'm, I'm up walking around. So I wanted to talk to him about it. I'm glad that he was available. I'm glad that you get to hear him. Here's Sean Hyken about the biggest sports story in the country. What time did you get out of the arena last night? Uh, 2.45 or somewhere around there, 2.45, Okay, so... Walk me through watching this because I I talked about how I watched it last night. How I I got there, I got to the end of the game when they were when Portland was down thirteen with about four fifty left to go in the game. What was the atmosphere like in the arena as they're forging their comeback? Well, I mean, you can feel the fans getting a little bit restless just in terms of you know when they're, whenever they're down by double digits with less than five or so minutes left in the game. 
you know, the fans can kind of sense it. But I think there was also just this sense of, okay, Dame has done this before. He's led comebacks like this. This is not completely out of the realm of possibility uh, that, uh, you know, that, that something like this could happen. I think where it really turned was about three minutes. I want to say this was like three, 320 left in the game when uh, Yusuf Nurkic, who obviously had that horrific uh, leg injury back in March and, it, you know, was, it was, you know, was out for the season and he was, you know, their starting center and he was, you know, a guy that everybody really rallied around the whole season. He comes out to the bench around with about 320 left in the, uh, in in the game, I don't think anybody even really knew he was in the building because he, he wasn't he wasn't in the building like at, at the beginning of the game. He, he came, he drove, he drove from his house in the middle of the game because he wanted to be there. He comes out, he gets shown on the jumbotron, and the crowd goes nuts. And I mean, I hate to be as reductive as that as you know that being a turning point, but after that, they went on a thirteen to two run to close out the game, including that last shot that Dame took. So. And I and when he actually did, uh, hit, hit the shot, I, you know, I was I was sitting on press row, and and my uh, my buddy Eric Gunderson, uh, who writes for uh, USA Today uh, wire sites, uh, he, you know, I was sitting next uh, next to him, and he pulled out his phone as soon as Dame crossed half court uh, on that last possession because he, I think everybody could kind of tell, okay, is this is this are we going to do this again? Because obviously the. Uh, you know the, the the shot with 0.9 seconds left in the uh, Houston series yep. in 2014 was you know the defining moment of Dame's career up to this point, and there was just kind of the feeling of like wow is he really going to do this again? And then he did, and I think this shot was even arguably a little bit more impressive because he was just, he was right over Paul George's face, and he's one of the best defenders in the league as opposed to it being kind of a broken play where you know it was, a, it was a catch and shoot thing. This was a little bit more of a difficult shot, obviously being a 37 foot step back, but. Yeah, that was. I think that was without question the most incredible uh, in-game moment that I've ever witnessed personally. You wrote about in Bleacher Report the, the stuff that Paul George was saying about it being a bad shot, and he's right. Like he's absolutely one hundred percent right that it's a terrible shot. Except if you're a couple of guys in, in the NBA, that's not a terrible shot for Steph Curry. And throughout the playoffs, that hasn't been a terrible shot. For Dame Lillard, he has excelled at these 30-plus foot shots. And I'm not saying that that George did anything poorly defending it. He did a great job defending it. But the offense was too good, and Dame seemed to be too locked in. Yeah, I mean, did you see Chris Hines tweet about how Dame is shooting uh, 10 of 6? It was either 10 of 16 or 10 of 18. uh, This playoffs on shots that deep. So, yeah, for Dame, that's not a bad shot. There were... couple of guys him it's basically him and Steph Curry and I think Trey Young is going to get there in the next couple of years that we're a guy that you just kind of expect him to pull up from there and and uh and you expect the shot to go in I don't know I think everybody's killing Paul George this morning for that comment and you know the way he said it you know it was a bad shot like like I I get it you know that that sounds like he's a little bit bitter from them losing the game and losing the series but he is absolutely right that if if a guy is taking a 37-foot step back, you live with that, even if it's a guy like Damian Lillard or Steph Curry where you are halfway expecting him to make it. What's Dame like? Because it, it seems as if he took all of the negative energy that was being thrown at him from Russ or PG or Schroeder and just harnessed it 
into this, you know, incredible performance that we saw throughout this series. Yeah, and that's actually a dynamic that I wrote about earlier on in the series. Where, you know, after game two, when it was really starting to emerge that, you know, the kind of bad blood between him and Russ was becoming the, uh, you know, focal point of the series. Those two guys kind of handle that stuff in very different ways. When Russ takes something personally, he, you know, as, as we've kind of seen time and time again throughout his career, he, you know, gets emotional and just kind of plays out of control a lot of times. And that led to him having the series that he had where he wasn't shooting the ball well and he was just kind of pressing and he was really trying so hard to humiliate Dame that it was, you know, not for, not for the good of the team. Whereas this is just kind of always how Dame has been. He's basically whatever chip on his shoulder that he has. And he's had this chip on his shoulder from the beginning since he's been in the league and even before then because, you know, coming from you know, a guy who from Oakland wasn't heavily recruited, went to a small school, was the number six pick in the draft, had a lot of, you know, doubts about his game and how it would translate when he got to the league. Now, uh, he's just kind of, he just kind of takes, you know, you know, now he's kind of at the point in his career where, you know, they've gotten swept the last couple of years. And there was all this, you know, oh, is he going to, you know, it, can he really be, you know, the best player on a contending team? He's always just kind of taken that stuff in stride and, and done a really good job of tuning all that out. And I think we saw that uh, in this series. And just, I mean, you saw you saw how calm he was after he had the shot. He had that little wave to the Oklahoma City bench, but other than that, he didn't even really react. Well, that's not an act. That's just how he is. He doesn't really, he doesn't get, you know, this is, a, you know, obviously kind of a, you know, a sports, you know, analysis cliche. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. How bad was the trash talk from OKC in this series? I mean, I haven't heard any specific things that anybody said, but uh, but you know, it was it's pretty clear that Dame and Russ, at least on the court, I have no idea what their relationship is like off the court, but uh, those two do not like each other, and I don't, I think those two do not, you know, they're just, they're just they're just wired differently. I don't know if it's anything really you know personal in terms of like in real life between the two of them, but on the court and just kind of in this, you know, public NBA sphere, those two guys, I think, just kind of don't vibe and they don't, they don't really go about things the same way. That's not a value judgment on either guy. They just are very different in how they approach things. And so I think, you know, in this kind of emotional, you know, because I mean, both of those guys are trying to prove things because you know, Oklahoma City hasn't won a playoff series since Kevin Durant left for the Warriors. And I think Russ has heard all this that oh he just is a guy who chases triple doubles and doesn't really isn't really a team player and isn't a guy you can build a contender around if he's your best player. And then obviously the stuff I talked about already with Dame, where there's always been this oh you know he's really good, but is he good enough? Can the Blazers ever take the next step with him as their best player? They kind of both have that stuff, and it all just kind of came to a head. I don't, as far as how bad was the trash talk, I don't think anything was said by anybody that is like over the line or, or noteworthy, but it was, it was, it just kind of gave the whole series an end. That maybe the rest of the playoff series didn't have other, other than the, uh, the Philly Brooklyn series and some of that, you know, Jared Dudley, Ben Simmons stuff. What's crazy is, and I was joking with my executive producer, Tony about this today. And over the next few months, a guy who had 29, 11 and 14 is going to get ridiculed. Because his team didn't didn't advance out of and has been swept now for the last what or not swept but has lost the last first round matchups over the last three years, I I, I am a Russ stand. I I admittedly am a Russ stand, 
But I was cheering for Dame in this series because of what you were talking about. It seemed to be that Russ wasn't able to get himself under control to play the way that he wanted to play. And then you add in the stuff with him and Barry Trammell that continues to go on for years and years and years. It, it's it's as if he's not getting the most out of all of that talent that he has. Well, the thing about Russ, and I'm not saying this is a value judgment of the guy. I'm I'm because you know I'm, over the years I've been uh, you know pro Russ when you know there's been a lot of this this kind of backlash that he's faced. He doesn't change for anybody. You know he's 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 so he's very stubborn. He's very uh, you know not. Yeah, he, he he's not the kind of guy who, who's gonna who's gonna sit back and say, oh, you know, all all these players, are, all these people are saying that you know I'm not a team player or that I'm you know I'm chasing triple doubles. I'm gonna just completely you know listen to what other people say and re, and uh, completely re, you know redefine who I am. That's just never been the guy who he is, and that's and that's been what has been able to uh, motivate him to reach these heights that he's reached. But it's also might be his downfall as a player. At this point, you have to be able to adapt your game if you. If you if you think about you know guys who are you know are big stars uh, you know at his level as they got older uh, you know I, I wrote something about this uh, I want to say in January one of the times the Thunder were here in the regular season if you look at a guy like Vince Carter who you know is also this explosive athlete early on is really this really exciting athlete uh, he uh, you know as he got older as the explosiveness kind of stopped being there he was able to say okay I'm gonna just uh, you know, reinvent my game and you know become more of a of a three point shooter and you know be, you know make 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 my game something that you know more can translate to being older. You know, Grant Hill was a guy who was able to do the same thing, and you know those guys were able to have successful middle and late parts of their careers because they were able to just say, okay, this is I'm not the explosive you know freak athlete that I was when I was younger. This is what I am now. This is how I can play to those strengths. And then on the other side, you look at what happened to Allen Iverson. It was basically overnight with him that he went from, you know, being a superstar to not even being a playable NBA player anymore because once the athleticism left and once the explosiveness left and once he wasn't able to just get over anybody at any point and get to the rim at will, it just, there was nothing else for him to come behind that with. And I, 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 as a basketball fan, I hope that Russ doesn't kind of go that way and is able to, you know, evolve his game and you know, develop more of an outside shot and, you know, develop more ways to be effective, uh, that, you know, he's he, 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 as, as lethal at the rim as he has been over the course of his career, but it kind of seems like it's going that way for him, unfortunately, as he you know, heads into the kind of the middle part of his career. Then how would you say that Dame has evolved as a player? He's just gotten a lot more confident. I think I think all the tools for what you know for what he is now have always been there. You know, he's always been a good shooter. He's always. Uh, I, I think he's a, an underrated playmaker in terms of, you know, you, he isn't a guy that you kind of think of in that way, maybe because he doesn't average a lot of assists. But, you know, he's always a good player. I think the biggest way that he's evolved, it's not anything on the court. It's as a leader and as a, you know, the face of a franchise. If you ask any of these guys, we were talking to Myers Leonard, uh, off, you know, Illinois guy, obviously, and he's a guy who he came in the league the same year as Dame. He's been in he's been with Dame as long as anybody at this point. And he was just talking about how, you know, he isn't surprised that any of this is happening because he sees, you know, the way Dame, you know, goes about his business every single day. It's a lot, it's, it's pretty easy when the 
best player on the team is also the guy who works the hardest and is also the guy who, you know, treats everybody great, you know, is, you know, will give the time of day to, you know, the 14th or 15th guy on the bench and will show up to some team, you know, ticket sales staffer's uh, birthday party unannounced. And, and, and it's just kind of like the way that Dame, I think, has embraced, you know, being the face of the franchise and everything that comes with that on and off the court. I, I think that's, I, if you want to point to like an area that he's evolving or that, or that, He's really grown, and I think that's the thing you want to point to. Were you in the building the night that Derrick Rose hit the game winner against LeBron in Cleveland in '15? I was, uh, and, I, and I think, and I think that was. Uh, I mean, I, I, I was was that no that that wasn't the same game as the as the the David Black stuff was it? No, I no I was I was, I was at that game, and uh, so that was what game three game three of uh, against Cleveland where he hits the game winner. Or maybe his game yeah, four. Yeah, something like that. And he kind of had the same reaction that Dame did, where he was just kind of stone faced afterwards and wasn't really, you know, he wasn't really jumping around and celebrating. And then, you know, you had you know Jimmy Butler and Joakim Noah and all and all the guys just like mobbing him. I, I think you're right. I think that was probably the closest thing that I can think of. I mean, th- this was obviously a different level because this was the series winner. Like this was a, this wasn't just like a walk off in, in a game, and you know that was obviously a series the Bulls ended up losing. This was a uh, you know this was a walk off series winner and it was the second one of those that he hit in his career which is just unbelievable and it puts you at fifty points uh, on the night as well I mean it's a pretty special moment that you got to to witness so let me ask you which team does Portland match up better against in your opinion Denver or San Antonio that's a tough one and it's one that I've gone back and forth on I think San Antonio is definitely less talented than Denver just in terms of like on paper, you know, what their roster is. But I don't love that matchup for them just because I don't think Portland, any of any Portland strong court guys really have an answer to, you know, for LaMarcus Aldridge in terms of who can guard him. And then I also think that Derek White is, is the kind of guard who can give, maybe give Dame or CJ problems on the defensive end and just, uh, and, you know, really get under their skin and annoy them. So I don't I don't love that matchup, even though you know on paper Portland is the more talented team out of those two. Denver is a little bit uh, interesting because you know Jokic is a guy that I think they're going to have a lot of trouble with. But those guards that they have, you know Jamal, Jamal Murray is so streaky, and you know he he can get hot, but he also can uh, go completely cold, as we saw in Game Two where he was awful the whole game, and then I had what I want to say what twenty points in the fourth quarter to lift them to that come from behind win against the Spurs. Uh, I guess Denver, I would say they sort of match up better against, but I don't know. I I think either one would be a coin flip. I don't think it's it's a lock by any means that uh, they're going to get to the conference finals and face whether they you know whether they face Houston or Golden State. I don't think it's a lock by any by any means. Sean, I appreciate the time, man. I know you you need to get a nap in later on today. You're working real hard, but thank you so much for the incredible coverage, and I'm I'm looking forward to. Hopefully talking to you again, because I think this Portland team makes it to the West Finals. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, we'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. It's always good to talk to you. All right, man. Be good. Yeah. That is Sean Hyken. I love talking with him, and he really loves his buckets, and he was there to watch Dame just end Oklahoma City in a very dramatic and fun way to, to have – a guy go for 50, hit 50 on the game winner that then ends up winning the series to send home 
a trash-talking Oklahoma City team. And again, I am a Russ stan. I love Russ. I love the, the ferocity that he plays with. But the downside of that ferocity is that he sometimes can be out of control. And at the end, in the moment when they needed it most, they took you off of the player that had been torching you. And they switched to Paul George. And Paul George did a great job defending the shot. But the offense was just too good. And George is right. I mean, I know that we're we're going to get on Paul George for the way that it looked and it sounded. But he's right. You're not supposed to be guarding people 37 feet away from the rim. And he actually was. And the fact that, that Dame was able to make the shot makes it even more incredible and even more legendary. So I thought that we would spend some time talking about it today. And I'm glad that Sean was available to, to talk about it. He, I, I saw him on Twitter, and he, he had walked out of there at 2.45. And I'm like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get him uh, before the afternoon. And he was totally available, and I appreciate him. And he's a, he's a voice that you'll hear a lot on this podcast as the NBA playoffs continue to go on. So I thank you for listening today to Loho Daily. Well, uh, we're going to finish the week. I'm just going to tell you right now. We're going to finish the week talking about Avengers Endgame. I got two great guests on the subject. One of them has already seen Avengers Endgame. So over the next couple days on Loho Daily, I got you covered with all of your Avengers coverage. Thanks for listening. I'll hit you up tomorrow.